Welcome to Eternal Leadership. I'm Steve Ryder, and I want to give a quick shout out to Kim Avery, Kay Hiramini, and Tyler McCart at the SuccessEdge.biz for giving us a rating on iTunes. Thank you. This is big for us because we're just about a month into this show and we need that combination of ratings, reviews, and downloads to be visible in the new and noteworthy section and maintain a top 100 business podcast ranking. So thank you for everyone that has given us a rating as well as those that have shared this show on social media or with your friends via email. If you haven't given us a rating on iTunes, please consider going there and giving us an honest rating. Maybe you'll get a shout out in a future episode. Business as ministry really requires a couple of things. One of them is that, that we really operate in competence and, and become competent at the business endeavors that we engage in. It, it, it's one thing to be a competent Christian. It, it's another thing to be a competent business owner, but it's a very difficult thing to be a competent Christian and a competent business owner at the same time. That voice you just heard is Dan Milan. Dan is the founder and president of Weavers, which is a ministry to business owners. He's also the national sales and marketing director of a Kansas City-based insurance company, a business coach and consultant, published author, business leader, risk management professional, and a whole lot more. My host, John Ramstead, and I chatted with Dan recently over Skype, and here's how we got that conversation going. Well, Steve, we're here with Dan Mylan, and yes. Dan, I got to tell you, we we're very excited to have you on the podcast. I first met you at the Pinnacle Forum National Conference down in Arizona and uh, heard what you had to share and what was on your heart. And this was just as I was really focusing on, you know, during my journey, how do I take who God created me to be and have a bigger impact in my life? And you helped create this incredible awareness about the impact that somebody can have in business, right? Typically, you think of somebody impact in God's kingdom is really a ministry focus, and and that's not really your philosophy, is it? I love for you to no, it's not at all. The, 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 the real the real issue here is business is about relationships. Ministry is about relationships, and right. so we we don't ever think of that in a common terminology. But the the question you ask yourself. Business is about relationship. Ministry is about relationship. So, what's the difference? What what is the what is the divider? And and the real issue is time and money. We have we spend a lot of time and money, and that's what business relationships are typically about. But at the end of the day, it's it's only a half a step to create that to take that business relationship and make it a ministry relationship at the same time. Um, and it's not what you know; it's who you trust. Well, in the in the business world, that adage is true, and in the in the spiritual world, that's true. You know, we trust Christ. Christ um, is is God here on earth, and we we adhere to His principles. But at the same time, what we do as we reflect Christ in the marketplace, we become a testimony just by who we are and what we do. And business as ministry really requires a couple of things. One of them is that that we really operate in competence and become competent at the business endeavors that we engage in. Um, and one of the things that I teach is, is how do I become a competent Christian business owner? It's one thing to be a competent Christian. It's another thing to be a competent business owner, but it's a very difficult thing to be a competent Christian and a competent business owner at the same time. Right. Now, why do you say that? What What is the well, block there for a lot of people? Well, because the, 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 there's no really good instruction. There's no really good rules to follow. There's that there's not a lot of good models out there about how that works. Because in business, we're constantly under pressure to perform and do things, 
and, and say things and behave in certain ways, and um, we 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 have a tendency to want to compromise for the sake of business. And at the end of the day, if we can't compromise our our our, our Christian walk for the sake of business. So. Being a competent Christian and a competent business owner at the same time is difficult. You know, I wrote a book called The Compound Effect, which talks about the transformational power of business competence and spiritual maturity. Hmm. And um, it's a book that's published by Dawson Media. It's available on Amazon. But it, but it really talks about the integration of your business competence and your spiritual maturity. And... Uh, we, we've sold quite a few copies of it. It's available in, in an e-book format, but it really deals with what are the behaviors. What if I'm if I'm a competent Christian business owner? How do I behave? And if I'm a a, a a mature believer, how do I behave? And then I integrate those two things and measure them in the context of somebody's behaviors. So, and and that's been an evolutionary process over the last 15 years that we've created that curriculum and that and that material. Dan, has this always been your your viewpoint that business and ministry are really the same, or was there a real paradigm shift for you? Oh, and what was it? No, there was a huge paradigm shift. Um, in, in in the late 90s, I was in that, I was the uh, West Regional Sales Director for an insurance company. Um, and I was traveling all over the United States, and I had I had been in the insurance business at that point in my life almost 27 years, and had been very successful. Had built a series of companies, etc. But I got involved in a men's ministry at, at at a major church in Colorado Springs, and in the course of that, um, you know, I I I, recat- I rededicated my life to the Lord, and I came to to understand more things I became more spiritually mature over about a three and a half year period but in yeah. conjunction with that um, I was at that time in my career I, I changed jobs and I became the uh, president of, a, of an insurance operation for a bank holding company and we took a we took that bank insurance operation from zero to four and a half or four million in revenues in four years and wow. uh, as a result I was very successful from a business perspective and I had a lot of guys coming to me saying, you know, how are you doing that? Can you teach us how to run your business? And I had read the book by Ed Silvoso, and now I started to understand your business was your ministry. And uh, so what what came out of that men's ministry was uh, a, a workshop that we created inside this church, um, which eventually became Weavers. But we started out by trying to decide how can we teach people how to run business according to biblical principles and make it as simple as we can possibly make it? Yeah. Well, it turned into a course that lasted 13 weeks on a Monday night, four hours. We had 75 people in the class to start with. Six weeks later, we had 35 people left. And the, 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 the criticism was you're feeding us through a fire hose. There's too much stuff to learn. Yeah. Well, part of our motivation was to keep people out of business that had no place to be, no reason to be in business. At that time, in the early 2000s, we had a lot of dot-coms, and there was a lot of my peers in my men's group, they were uh, software engineers, and they said, well, we can write code. Well, writing code running a technology company is two different things. And I watched several of my good friends uh, basically destroy their marriages and their finances because they tried Mm. to start a business without knowing what they were doing. Because everybody else was doing it, it looked like it was easy. So it was the difference between good technically at a certain skill, but also but being also a leader and being able to manage uh, an organization that's moving forward and growing. 
Well, see, in my own personal life, you know, I, I found out that selling insurance and running an insurance agency are two entirely different <laughs> operations. Right. Driving a truck and running a trucking company are two entirely different operations, you know. Mm-hmm. Being a carpenter and running a construction company are two entirely different sets of skills, okay? It's like being a tight end or being a quarterback. I mean, you're still on the field, you're still playing, but it's two different set of skills. It's two yeah. different approaches, it's two different skill sets. And what happens is there's no good place in anywhere in the Christian in Christendom that I'm aware of, especially churches, where you can go get some basic fundamental business training on what does it take to run a business. Um, the outcome of the classes was Weavers, which became, you know, our ministry. And in the course of that teaching over a five or six or seven year period of time, and, and I've been teaching this now for a total of about 12 or 15, 12 to 13 years. We have simplified and simplified and simplified. I now have everything you know you want to know how to run a business on one piece of paper. Okay, and I can go into most businesses and in about 90 minutes I can tell you why they're not working. Hmm. And in some instances I can tell you specifically what they need to work on next. Um, businesses go through a metamorphosis. There's the survivor, the successful, and the significant. Okay. The survivor plays defense, the successful plays offense, and the significant coach is the team. The survivor is begging customers, the successful is selecting customers, and the significant is creating customers. Okay, And that's the, the survivor, relationship side, right? Right. Survivor wastes time, successful uses time, and significant creates time. Okay. And, and in my book, I go through that in some detail. What I gave you was just a little snapshot. There's, there's an entire chapter on the survivor successful and significant of what it means. Um, and then w- when you look at those skill sets and see what the differentiators are, you can start to immediately identify yourself. Well, I'm a survivor. I'm a successful. I'm a significant business owner. Let's put it in more practical terms. Surviving businesses are any business that employs less than 10 people. Okay. They're in the survival mode, and the average number of employees, if you look at the, the demographics of the United States of America, there's about five and a half million businesses in the United States. 4.5 million of those employ 10 people or less, and the average number of people employed is two and a half. Every single one of those businesses is in the survivor mode. Okay, Successful is the 10 to 100s. And there's about 1.1 million of those in the United States, and they employ an average of 20 people. And they're in the successful mode because they're consistently making payroll for, for 20 or more people every week. Um, and so they've arrived, they've got a process, they've got some systems. But the significant businesses are the ones that are over 100 employees. And those guys, they average 700 employees. And that particular group of employers is employs 65% of the private workforce in the United States. Hmm. 24% of the employees work for companies from 10 to 100, and 11% of the employees work for companies of 10 or less. So when you start to correlate that to influence in the marketplace, you look at the 10 to 100s, those are the guys that are are changing the the dynamics of the, 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 the world as we know it. Let me ask you a question. Who's had more influence on culture in the last 20 years, Bill Gates or the church? Okay. Unfortunately, the answer is Bill Gates. That's yeah. right. right. 
you, you look at the marketplace is influencing culture. The church is not. Okay, I mean we're trying to, we're trying to influence culture, but so the question is, if you took Bill Gates and made him a, a, a spirit-filled believer, what would that do to the impact of, of in Christendom? He has more impact in culture than all the churches put together. So yeah. what, how does that correlate? And and it's you know some of these questions I'm, I'm throwing out are kind of open-ended, but obviously there's some interesting answers if you start to dig into it. And uh, I've never been in in my teachings. I try to be relatively practical, but some of the stuff that I work on and work towards, people look at me and go, really? That's an interesting concept, but you'd never get there from here. I said, well, it's not my job, that's God's job. Part of the thing, about the, one of the good things about being a believer is that you can always go back and say, hey, Lord, this is your problem. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not big enough for that one, thank you very much. All I can do is throw out the issue. I, I, I'm not sure that I can solve every single one of them, but so, Dan, when you're looking at people that are in the success category, uh, you talked about before, you know, that one pager, you can walk right in and see what's working, what's not working. What are some of the characteristics of people in that category of success, and how do they move up the ladder towards significance? Well, it, it, it's interesting. There's about three things that are universally present in, in businesses that are struggling that are at the successful mode. The first one is ego. Mm -hmm. And that's the principal owner and the, and the, and the manager is, is basically drugged this business up out by his bootstraps and he's reluctant to let any part of the business go. I, I would say that happens at about 70% of the time. We talk a lot about humility and, and a lot of what I do when I coach people um, is I work on who they are as the leader and, and as they grow spiritually they need to understand that humility is a part of running a business well they got to listen and they got to communicate so we work a lot on communication skills uh, and learning but a lot of guys aren't willing to get out of their own way um, the, the, the second piece is people um, and, and people are typically the an obstacle as I was telling you earlier we have a, a client in Colorado it's a construction business and he was very reluctant to terminate some marginal employees he knew he had to do it. He struggled with it mightily because he's a believer and because he, he had a relationship with these guys at a personal level. They just weren't cutting it. And, and when he finally terminated them and went and found some new uh, hires and some new blood, he's a new person. The, the business is working better, and, and mm -hmm. he, he's able to do a better job delivering product to his customers and uh, to uh, product to his customers. And, and his, his more profitable. His business is sounder. He's, he's contributing more to the church. I mean, it just it worked all the way around. And then the third thing is systems. Typically, great businesses are built on great systems that employ people. And if they're, you know, if the, the survivor business virtually has no systems, the successful business is building systems, but the significant business has tried and proven systems and they're constantly tweaking them to make them better and all the people within the organization work within a system that has been developed. Um, when you look at great companies, uh, I do a lot of work in and around Chick-fil-A. You know, those guys have a system for everything. They got a system for ordering napkins. I mean, they, they and they're, they're very, very, very specific and they keep reworking and reworking and reworking and analyzing their systems. So I, I think that answered your question. So it's almost like when you're in success mode, you're you're blueprinting the company uh, at a level of excellence so that you could pick up that company, put it anywhere in the country, 
hire the right people and have the systems in place that it would that it would thrive even at that level of employees and so that's kind of the standard you're aiming toward right that is correct that's correct so so link that for me dan into this business excellence and i i know clients of mine that have gone through replacing people that's a hard process but how does that link into ministry and kingdom impact as you're making some of these business decisions that don't look on the surface like they're linked well let's let's go to the spiritual side let's let's do the same analysis on people and and and, and businesses so in in the spiritual side in the book we talk about the user the servant and the leader the user it's about me the servant it's about you and the leader it's about us and and essentially what happens is we as we grow spiritually um, we we start out by saying okay God what's in it for me well, if you look at Peter, Peter in, in, in the Gospels is still about Peter. He didn't, he didn't figure it out until after the crucifixion. And at that point, he transitioned from being a user to being a servant. Okay? And, and then, you know, Jesus had given him a, a, a legacy and said, I'm going to build my church on who you are. And, and being you, you being the collective you of the, of the disciples as well as Peter. But on this rock, I'm going to build my church. While Peter was with Jesus, he had no idea what he was getting into. Zero. So what happens with with people who are in the in the, in the survivor mode or the user mode is they really have not figured out context yet. They haven't figured out what's going to drive their business. When you get to the servant, you know, after the crucifixion, Peter all of a sudden arrives at the recognition of all the things he was being taught that this guy was actually really was God, and and he had now a new context to understand it and and that's kind of what happens when people get to a survivor go from survivor to successful they have a new context of understanding peter's as he goes to to to, to his leadership mode so you have the user the servant and the leader users leave chaos servants leave friends but leaders leave legacies okay and, and, and the leadership of Peter left the legacy. We have the books of uh, the first Peter and second Peter, and, and he obviously is a, is a key figure in the Bible throughout. But um, the, the, the same thing happens with us. The user prays when they're in trouble. The servant prays daily, but the leader maintains an attitude of prayer at all times. Okay? The user goes to the church and says, what are you going to do for me? The servant goes to the church and says, what can I do for you? And the leader goes to the church and says, how can I help you be better as, as a church, as the body of Christ? And what can I do to strengthen the body? So there, there's these juxtapositions of, of types of behaviors. And what we do is we integrate the two of those and, and we, we measure it on a scale of one to ten. So user, servant, and leader. User is a one. Leader is a ten. Survivor is a one. Significant business owner is a ten. So if I'm a one on the on the spiritual scale and a seven on the on the business scale, one times seven is seven on a potential scale of a hundred, I got nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. But if I can move up that spiritual scale from the user to servant, all of a sudden now I'm in a better place to have impact in the kingdom because I understand what God, what my role is, who I am before Christ, and, and how I impact the world through my relationships in the context of my business. Does that make sense? It does. Do you teach people to work on those together in parallel? We, we, well, let's put it this way. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It depends mm. on where they are because I get people who are incredibly spiritually mature that don't know the first thing about business that want to try to do that. 
and 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 there, it's one. It's interesting because we have a lot of people who are very spiritually mature that know, don't know the first thing about business that think business is the answer. They're not willing to spend the time that it takes to learn business competences. They just figure the grace of God's going to allow them to be successful. Well, there is no grace in the marketplace. Okay, grace is a gift. I can give it to you. You can give it to me, and God extends it all the time. Unfortunately, the marketplace is not God. Okay, and it does not extend any grace at all. You either deliver or you die. Simple as that. And and the problem with delivering in the marketplace is the marketplace is not stagnant. It's dynamic. It changes its requirements virtually on a daily basis. And it, unless you can adapt to it, learn how to adapt to it on a daily basis, you will cease to exist. The uh, If you remember the numbers, back to what I said earlier, there's about four and a half million businesses that employ 10 to 100, I'm sorry, zero to, zero to 10 employees. There's only 100,000 businesses that I would consider significant in the United States. Mm. So the attrition rate is about 90% going from survivor to successful to significant. Only one in 100 make it to significant. And what do you, what do you uh, attribute that to? Oh, the marketplace. It, it, significant businesses also, um, you know, ex, uh, they span generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that the Christian community has not learned how to do is, and that is how to perpetuate businesses for the glory of God. In other words, how do you how do you keep that that enterprise ongoing through 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 multiple generations? Because it, t- it requires leadership and it requires a lot of different things to happen. Uh, we teach a very extensive lesson on legacy. Takes four kinds of capital to leave a legacy. Takes spiritual capital, social capital, intellectual capital, and financial capital. And invariably, one of those four cornerstones is missing in virtually every Christian business in the United States. Mm. So, Dan, going back to what you said earlier in coaching people that are spiritually mature but not necessarily business proficient, how often do you run into people that? they don't belong as a business owner or a business leader. I, I can tell you a funny story. Um, I had a very a good friend of ours came and sat through one of my courses and he, he, he sat through the whole course that was a very good student. It's at the end of the day, you know, he said, thank you very much. He paid his fee and he left. And about four weeks later, I was in church and his wife came up to me and said, I really want to thank you. That was the best thing you could have done for my husband. He has decided he's not cut out to be a businessman. He said, I've been trying to tell him that for 30 years. <laughs> okay? He's not, he doesn't need to have that. He said he, he's been very successful. This guy was a very successful, um, he was an engineer, worked for a great company. You know, he got very frustrated with management, wanted to start his own company. Yeah. And after sitting through my course, he went back to his wife and said, you know, this is way more complicated than I thought it was. And I said, yes. Okay. <laughs> so he One, had what I, Michael Garber calls an entrepreneurial seizure. That's exactly right. And, and, and sometimes entrepreneurial seizures are, are necessary because there are times when it when it's appropriate. But you know, if you really want to be a business owner, part of Weavers and and our our coaching and teaching is I'd like to have a place where people can come and learn from a biblical perspective what it takes to run a business and mm. not sugarcoat it because it's not pretty. I mean. Running a business is a hard thing to do. Right. You know, if, you, if you're if you're an eight to fiver and you like your eight to five job, do not start your own business. Okay. 
because because we're starting your own business is a 24/7 experience. It's just like raising a child. You give birth to that puppy, and for the next five years, you own it, and it owns you. So, Dan, what's the, what is the difference between running a business and running a kingdom-centered business? The, 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 the difference in running a business running a kingdom-centered business is the purpose and the ultimate outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, the, the, and it's who you're serving. You know, I have an adage that I use. If you have a life plan before you have a business plan, your business will become your life. So one of the first things we do when we coach people is we talk about their life plan. If their life plan is to make money, I tell them, you got the wrong motivation. If your life plan is to serve God through your business, then let's have a conversation and let's talk about it because I can show you how to do that. <clears throat> but if all you're out there to do is is, is to, you know, to accumulate toys and to make money and to be successful and get lots of rock get lots of recognition and become a rock star in your own right at, at the expense of everybody around you then I'm not your guy I don't, I don't have any time for those kind of people so what you know you've talked a lot about principles Dan I, I'm curious what are the principles when you go into some of these these companies in the survivor success even significant mode that are either missing or maybe some of the key ones that people start with implementing and making changes to transform the heart of the, the company that they're at? Well, let me, let me go back to my contractor friend in Colorado. I start, I've been working in three and a half years. He's an engineer, um, and by trade, he's a fairly analytical character, um, very detail-oriented, um, very good salesperson. So when I did my analysis, there's nine key components that we look at. We look at planning, sales, marketing, leadership, finance, um, human resources, uh, systems, and administration, and all of that gets wrapped around the core deliverable. Okay, what's your core deliverable? In his case, it was it was the decks and, and landscape. His first challenge was he didn't have any operating systems or any financial reporting that he could rely on. So we spent a year working through a series of processes to build a good job costing system. So we focused for one year on the finance, on the financial and the system side. So we picked two of the nine boxes and worked on them. The second year, we worked on training employees to follow a process uh, so that we, we, we basically created the life cycle of, an, of, of, a, of, a, of a job and then we, we Im- implemented some training plans and we tried to, to we, we rebuilt it, rebuilt it, rebuilt it. And that was the second year. The third year, we focused on human resources issues. And now we're in the fourth year. And now we're going to focus on leadership issues and, and, and uh, bringing leader, better leaders to the, to the table, better uh, employees and more leadership into the business from internally. So it's a process. And every single business is different. It's like a kid like raising a child every child is different but all the principles apply it's just a question of where is that business specifically um you know uh, i have i have a client in california that has 17 or 18 employees and uh he's an incredible sales guy very 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 smart um he's not terribly patient um a lot of what i've had to do with him is create some systems so he can measure what was going on around him and we've gone through a pretty good turnover of employees, so there's been some challenges that way. But the biggest challenge there has just been to, for him to have 
to understand how to manage the metrics of his business. And uh, sales and marketing for him are natural. I don't even, I, we never even get to that. I, we, I don't even have to worry about it. For him, it's planning and leadership and, and some metrics. And the other place that, that I'm working with him is, is uh, acquisitions and mergers. We're doing, we're looking at acquiring a couple other businesses. So, um, so a question that comes to mind, I'm just curious, actually two things, Dan, I'd love for you to share is, you know, you started out with this one company, the contractor, Financial and Systems. Uh, right. You know, how do you marry that? You know, it doesn't seem intuitive, but to biblical principles. And the second question I had is, why did you end with leadership? I'm guessing that's intentional. I'd love to hear your thoughts about how you built up to that piece. Well, ultimately, when you're in a small business, leadership is critical. So it's it, leadership is always something that's on the table and always talked about because pe the leaders of the business are making decisions constantly. And so um, you have to you have to help them understand their role as a leader. And so, so ultimately, that the, the anything that you're dealing with is all tied together, and, and ultimately, leadership is a part. So, I, when we start talking about systems, you're the leader of the business. You have to figure out how to implement the systems or build the systems, implement them so that they they work the way you want them to work. You can't abdicate that to somebody else. So, leadership is a, an important part of that. So, when you're, you're, you know, you started with this one example with financial and, and systems processes, where do the biblical principles tie into some of those, you know, traditional mundane business tasks? Well, they're, they're all, they're in it and all, all over and around it. And, and part of it, you know, the, the Bible, when you read the Bible through it, the prism and the lens of a business guy looking at the, because Jesus uses business examples and he uses vineyards uses fields he's talking about uh, the, the talents and, and there there are principles that he alludes to to make a larger point but it, but at the end of the day the the bulk of the principles here is has to do with being you can't have influence and and be a witness to anybody with any relative consistency as a business owner until your business runs well. And if your business doesn't run well, okay, if your business doesn't run well, then your 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 testimony doesn't matter. Um, because people aren't gonna look at you with any level of credibility. And so it, it's it's an indirect reality, but you know, there there are a lot of great athletes um, who have a platform because people know who they are. But their but their walk with the Lord is virtually non-existent. It's actually you know uh, it, it's negative. Well, you know the Bible tells us to be you know inspectors of fruit. You know if you have fruit on your tree as a business leader, you instantly. I'm looking at other areas of your life and saying you know where else this this guy is obviously competent in what he's doing. Uh, he's bearing fruit. Where else is that? So that I give you permission to have influence on me because I'm seeing that. That's correct. That's correct. And well, and. and the the the, the 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 reverse is also true. In other words, if you if you're not if you're not competent running your business, I don't want anything to do with you. And you know we we have a lot of Christian business people who are not running comp businesses competently, and I see that all the time. Mm. 
Well, you know, as you move people, as people have this heart to move up the spectrum, both, you know, from user toward leader, from survivor toward significant, I would love to get back to the point you made earlier about Bill Gates and, and the impact that that's had on the culture. So how do we as leaders, Dan, really live out a life using our business as a vehicle to have kingdom impact? What, what does that look like? How do we get there? Well, I'm not sure that there's an easy, simple answer I could give you in 20 seconds, but the, the, the book kind of starts the, the beginning processes and the outline of that. I, <clears throat> if you are a high-end business leader and you have a, uh, you have a, relation, a relationship with the Lord, then, then that's going to be reflected in your choices and your decisions. You know, you, you look at people like Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A who, who are run on Christian principles and those Christian principles get they get attacked and they get challenged virtually every day so the question is do you have the courage to stand up to it the, the, the real the real question is how can I move up the business competence scale and the spiritual maturity scale simultaneously where am I today and if I can continue over a 15 to 20 year period of time to continue to improve my spiritual maturity and improve my business confidence, how much potential kingdom impact could I have? That's between you and God. But if you you are going to have more opportunity than the average guy on the street by virtue of the fact that you are in a business. Does that make sense? Well, it does. And it gets back to the point you made. You start out not with the business plan, but your life plan. So if you understand what God created you to do, what your values are and and how that how you want to live that out in your life and then the the you have that longing to be significant that god put in your heart now your business becomes the pursuit to satisfy that longing that god put there yep yeah see one of the things i always wanted to do is i always i always had a desire to get on the mission field and what i recognized was that i was already in the mission field if i'm running a business that i have a hundred employees. My sphere of influence is somewhere between ten and fifteen thousand people. Okay, there's my mission field. I got myself in a lot of trouble one one day at a, at a conference because I was sitting around a room of pastors and they all wanted to go to China to write start businesses. And I said, Why don't you just walk across the street and pray for a couple business owners? You'd be amazed what happened if you do that. And they all looked at me like I was a duck. <laughs> you know, I, it's like really. And I said, It's not more any, any more complicated than that. It, it, you know, business owners would like nothing better than to have a pastor who understands what they do and comes in and prays for them and encourages them in their spiritual walk. But, you know, there's a, there's a really interesting dynamic there because pastors typically are fairly intimidated by, by business owners because the amount of control that they exert over the, over the life that they lead. And when you own a business and you got 150 to 200 people, you got stuff happening all the time. And yeah, you're in control. And you have things that have to happen, and they happen fast, you know. Hey, Daniel, business owners that are in that position moving forward, maybe they don't have a relationship with a pastor who gets their heart and what they're trying to do. What what have you found are, are great resources or, you know, systems that they've put into their own personal life that, well, that, that, that allows well, them to what, do that? Oh, my gosh. That's why Pinnacle Forum is so critical. I mean, Pinnacle Forum is an incredible format uh, for that. You know, if people are listening to this podcast and they don't know what Pinnacle Forum is, you need to make yourself aware. If you're a business leader and you're listening to this podcast and you want to align yourself with other Christian business leaders to be encouraged about how you're running your business, you know, Pinnacle Forum is probably the best. There's several others, but, you know, I'm a member of Pinnacle Forum, so is John. 
you know, we we are, you know, we, we just draw on each other. I, I, I participate in a conference call once a once a week with about eight or nine other guys who are high-end business leaders from across the country. And it's in, I get I get just as much encouragement from them as I do from my pastor. And I'm really blessed in Kansas City because I have a pastor that gets what I do and, and gets the whole power of the marketplace because he was a drywall contractor at one point in his life. So so I have I'm blessed to have a pastor that does that. But absent of a pastor who really gets the marketplace, align yourself with Christian business organizations where there are competent, comparable leaders who are your peers who can help to encourage you in your spiritual walk and in the challenges that you have in the business world. And Dan, I, I couldn't uh, second that highly enough. Uh, in our forum, this podcast has come out of the encouragement and support and prayers of uh, the eight business leaders that are in my forum, also my executive coaching practice, which is just thriving now. And uh, sure. not only through prayer, but you know the input and the feedback and being able to share my doubts and concerns with guys that understand where I'm coming from for me has just been huge. It's been a game changer personally. Sure. Sure. Well, it, when you, when you want to get to the next level, you got to go find guys that are already there and, and help th- get them to help you understand what that looks like and what, what's standing in your way. And, and 80% of the time, you know, what's standing in our way is the guy we shave in the morning or the, or the, the person we're putting makeup on. If we have to be a woman, you know, the problem is looking at you in the mirror. It ain't anywhere else. And, and, it has to do with our paradigms and our thought processes and our limitations. Um, we we have we we have a tendency to not think as broadly as we need to and not be as open-minded as we need to. Um, you know, in, in the context of Weavers, we we deal a lot in the issue of leadership. We have definite teachings on that. We have definite teachings on competence um, and different principles. We we have about sixty or seventy modules that we use for for teaching different principles. Some of it gets pretty granular, but all of it, you know, is tied back to some kind of a biblical reference point. So, Dan, as as we wrap up here, what's, you know, share a couple things. First of all, the best way to get in touch with you, uh, I'm on your website. Your book is fantastic. We'll have links to that. But if people want to take that next step, either work with you or go through a process like like this, what, what, how do they get in touch with you, and what does that look like? Well, they, obviously, the, the, my email address is attached to the website. They can get get a hold of me that way. Um, they can call me. You know, you, if you want to publish my phone number, that's fine. Be glad to talk to them. Um, it, the, my 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 bandwidth is relatively limited, but I travel extensively on my in my day job as a national sales director for an insurance company, and uh, so I'm I'm in various communities. And the other thing we're trying to do here in Kansas City is I'm going to be offering a course probably through one of our uh, local ministries. Um, we, we are also uh, looking at some kind of a conference here in Kansas City. We tried to do one last year. We didn't have enough time to pull it together, but um, we've got several things on our plate. Um, and uh, but if they want to contact me directly, I'm more than happy to do that through my website or through my email address. Well, we'll put all that in the show notes, Dan, everything about the Weavers and what you're doing and how to be in touch. Also, uh, Pinnacle Forum and link to your book. Any any final thoughts here as we wrap up, Dan? No, it's just, you know, the, 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 the time we find ourselves in is a very unique time. Um, we've got all kinds of things going on politically and spiritually and motivationally. Uh, the, the business, the marketplace is an amazing place. The world global market is where 
90, 95% of the people exist every day and, and we need more Christian influence in the marketplace just because the, the moral plumb line are being so eroded by, by, by the, the, the humanistic side of the equation that we've got to be able to get Christian business owners. My vision is to find 10,000 people who are 40 years or under and teach them how to run businesses and maybe out of those 10,000, we'll raise up three or four Bill Gateses that'll create multi-billion dollar corporations mm. and bring the the, 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 the the honor of the glory of God and the honor of Christ into that equation in such a way that it will be a game changer. If you're listening on your iPhone or iPad and want to learn more about Dan Weaver's, his consulting, just click on the little eye icon on the right and we've got a link embedded in the description of this MP3. Otherwise, you can go to eternalleadership.com and search for Dan Mylan, M-E-Y-L-A-N. You can find that info in the show notes. While you're there at eternalleadership.com, be sure to check out past episodes, links to our Facebook page and LinkedIn group, John's executive coaching page, a whole lot more. That's eternalleadership.com. Next time on Eternal Leadership, Executive Tim Brown. I came to the point of almost taking my life one time when the radio stations failed in July of 09, and then again, November 29th of 2011. And... I decided that the way that I was living my life wasn't going to work for me anymore. I was so scared and the depression that I had was so deep and the self-anger that I had with myself, which was frankly causing the depression, ran so deep. Mm -hmm. And so it, that began the, the big journey and it was in August of 2012 when I was praying about, you know, God show me what my purpose is, show me how I can serve others, how I can serve you that the whole idea of writing jumping into the parade was placed on my heart a vulnerable conversation about something too many of us struggle with depression and some practical tips on how tim got out you won't want to miss it for john ramstead i'm steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to eternal leadership